Good morning, everybody. Today's learning, of course, is dedicated to my father, whose yard site is today his 14th yard site. Since his passing, many of you knew him and loved him. He used to come to visit here on a very, really regular basis. There's a lot of mitzvahs in today's, um, in today's Torah portion. I want to focus on the lost objects mitzvahs. The Torah tells us, if you see the, the ox of your, of your brother or his sheep wandering, don't turn your blind eye. Make sure you return him to your brother. And even if he's not close by, you'll take him into your house and he'll be with you until your brother demands him. This is a, a obviously, this is understood on so many different levels, especially when we know that in Chassidus we create the metaphor for the Shoir Eiseh, which is really a metaphor for the animal soul that is contained within each and every one of us. And these lost animal souls, we seek to return them to their brother, turn them back into our brother, turn them back into somebody who fits into the Jewish people. And there's a part of us that wants to be visalam to man. We want to turn a blind eye to them because how many people can I help? How many people can I save? If you want to be dumb, you're dumb. That's your, that's your choice. It's America. And, if, and it's free to choose. If you want to choose the wrong path, that's up to you. Along comes the Torah and gives us a positive mitzvah and says, you must not turn a blind eye. You are prohibited from turning a blind eye and you have a positive commitment to gather them in. I want to say two things about my father that fits this. It's a proper day. I hope you won't mind going along with this. The Rebbe would fabring on a regular basis. Gatherings. People would come from all over Brooklyn. We lived in Borough Park, Brooklyn, which is about four miles away from Crown Heights, but might as well be four million miles away from Crown Heights in world, in world view. And... Uh, the, sometimes these were like sudden fabrengas, all of a sudden that I would say fabrengas, etc. My father was in the dry cleaning business where we did pick up and delivery. So my father had a station wagon. This is before the days of minivans. My father had a station wagon. It was a big car. The Fiedach. Anyway, the fabrenga would end sometimes like 1, 1.30 in the morning, or the bigger fabrengas, 2, 2.30 in the morning. And my father had to be up first thing in the morning. I got to sleep in because we were lazy bachrim. If the Rebbe Fabrang late, the whole morning study session was off. We slept in like idiots. Instead of being inspired to get up in the morning, we were dumb bachrim, whatever. But my father had to go to work. There was nothing to talk about. So he had to be at a 6 or 6.30 minion no matter what time it ended. People knew they gathered outside 7.70, which was such a difficult task anyway, because such a huge, huge throng of crowd. And if you lived in Borough Park and you needed a ride home, all you had to do was find my dad. When I got a little older, all you had to do was find me. And my father didn't care how many people it was. He took his station wagon. Those days there was no, uh, uh, what's it called, um, seatbelt laws yet. Okay? And packed it in. Sometimes we had in the station wagon 13, 14 people, two layers of people in the back seat, and a layer and a half in the trunk. Okay? And my father took, them, took, took all these people home. Said, yeah, you want to ride home? And I remember hearing people say to each other, because once he had his little group, and we were all following my father to the car. And I'd hear people say to each other in Yiddish, How where is this guy taking us? How's he gonna get us all in? 
My father said, it's okay, just squeeze in. Squeeze in all the lost uh, sheep. And then we take them home. And I, very important lesson in life. People, of course, felt bad. that They were being matriach, my father. They didn't really need, some of them didn't even know who my father was. But they knew this is a yid. Obviously, he has to go to work in the morning, whatever it is, right? So my father would say, okay, where do you live? Start telling me where you all live. So I would say, oh, don't worry about it. If you drop me off at Fort Hamilton Parkway in 45th Street, it's close enough. I'll get off there. My father said, I didn't ask you where to drop you off. I asked you where you live. I didn't ask you where you want me to drop you off. I asked you where you live. I asked you where you're going. You told me where you're going, I'll already figure out. My father went to every person's house. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. In Brooklyn, Takaboro Park is a relatively safe neighborhood, but it's 2 o'clock in the morning. It's an unbelievable thing that he ingrained in my soul to watch this. Went to every person's house, dropped them door to door, every single person that was in the car. Like I said, at least 30% of them were complete strangers. We had no idea who they were. Dropped them out the door and sat in the car and waited till they were inside the door. We didn't move on until we knew the person was inside. That's an incredible trait that he ingrained in us. Does it make a difference what kind of a lost ox it is or what kind of a lost sheep it is? You cannot turn a blind eye. And not only can you not turn a blind eye, but you have to remember that it's a chicha. This belongs to your brother. It is your brother. And the same way you would treat your brother is the way you should treat every other yid. Let's go out and do that, obviously. So I'll have more stories when we tell them later this evening. But let, let's go out and have the right kind of obviously throw and reach out to every single Jew and inspire them and thereby be able to show the love of every Jew, bringing unity amongst the Jewish people and in that way, unity in the world, which of course paves the way for Ksivach Simatev, Shana Tev, Mesuk, and the revelation of Mashiach. May it happen now. Amen. L'chaim.